There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Scottish Sun Football Podcast with Roger Hanna and David Friel. After a weekend, David, an unusual weekend when both Celtic and Rangers lost. Yeah, I don't think any, I mean, you'd get a good price at the bookies if you back Falkirk and Motherwell. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Rangers maybe not as much of a surprise given how well Falkirk have been playing. I mean, there's been a bit patchy, but especially Celtic, you know, the home form hasn't been great, but Motherwell fully deserved the win. It's the first time Celtic have gone four games without a win at Parkhead since the days of Tony Mowbray. Where does that leave Ronnie Dyler this morning? Under a bit of pressure. It's, it's amazing how many times in his reign there's, there's been moments like this where he's looked under pressure and people are now starting to think that you know, the bookmakers last night put him in at evens to be the next manager to go, for example. What are rumours over the weekend, you know, what Glasgow's like? Um, Celtic still claiming that they've got faith in the manager and, and any talk of him going is, is premature, but I think he's under real pressure. I think Tynecastle arguably is the biggest domestic game of his reign so far. I think he has to go there and get, get a result, get a win, because Aberdeen are back on form and Aberdeen are right up Celtic's backs. Yeah, but it's an unusual one because you've seen in years gone past teams going and parking the bus at Celtic Park and somehow sneaking a goal on a 1-0 win, but when Celtic took the lead, when they had Bitton scored early in the second half, after Lane Lanesworth had missed a decent chance for Motherwell, he used to ex- expect Celtic to go on a, a routine three points. Good play by Tom Rodgick, support waits in the middle, the shot by Bitton, it's deflected past Ripley, it came off Stevie Hamill I think, but Bitton will flame it. Mark McGee credit him because he went with two strikers, he went with two wide men you know, in the second half, Rainsworth and, and Marvin Johnson, and had a go. And, you know, Mark McGee isn't daft. He'll have looked at Celtic's weaknesses. They leave themselves far too open. So he's obviously tried to exploit that. You know, Louis Moult scoring goals, Scott McDonald was very, very good as well. But I thought it was interesting after the game that Ronnie Dyler finally admitted that Celtic defensively are far too open. Now, for weeks and months, him and John Collins have been saying, oh, it's not it's just fine margins, it's individual errors. He's now saying they're too open, they were naive. So does this mean a change of style? Does this mean he will tell his defenders that his full-backs don't bomb on as much? Because obviously Boyata and Simeonovic are just getting exposed. A chance for Motherwell to take the lead. Lewis Bolt takes it. 2-1 to Motherwell. And Celtic Park is stunned. They're now just a point clear of Aberdeen, albeit with a game in hand, that home game against Hamilton. Is the title race on, do you think? I think so. I mean, I do. I mean, I mean Derek McInnes will now be saying, imagine they'd even picked up a win couple of wins during that real bad run but I don't, I don't think you can take anything for granted at all I don't think Celtic can take anything for granted You know, I, I don't see that team as being invincible I think teams know how to hurt them now I don't think there's any fear with teams playing them and I think they're badly missing Scott Brown I mean, I think it was really noticeable on Saturday there was a lack of leadership there you know, Mika Lustig and Craig Gordon apart Chris Commons maybe who else is going to stand up and be counted really you know the missing Lee Griffiths missing Scott Brown so I think you know I, I do think there's a title race on the way the festive fixtures go Aberdeen at home to Cali Thistle on Boxing Day Celtic don't go to Tynecastle until Sunday the 27th Aberdeen could be two points clear by the time Celtic play again does that put added pressure yeah on Dylan his players going to Tynecastle 100% I mean for me and that's why I think it's arguably his biggest game biggest domestic game because you know if Celtic you know Aberdeen Boxing Day go top of the league huge pressure on Celtic and you would probably say but told you aside it's the hardest venue to go 
in Scotland taking Castle. So Hearts will definitely fancy it, and I think Celtic will be under major pressure. Celtic without Lee Griffiths, without Scott Brown, without Charlie Mulgrew, they are beginning to you know, struggle. They're beginning to, to, to look a team... That is bereft of leadership, yeah. of you know, bereft of guys who, when they're struggling, when they go two one down at home to Motherwell, to, to drag them back out of that hole. Well, when years gone past, if Celtic are two one down at Motherwell, half an hour ago, you think there's going to be a late sub, there's going to be an onslaught at some point, there's going to be shots coming in, crosses coming in. It wasn't like that, you know. Motherwell were pretty comfortable. There was a couple of half chances, but that apart, Motherwell were pretty comfortable. Stephen Manis was outstanding before he had to go off his head. Not Ben Hall, young defender, outstanding as well, and. I think it was a des- that's what I'm saying. It was a deserved win, and, and I think that's a, a problem for Ronnie Dyla. I mean, who, who does he look to? You know, Stephanie Hansen was on the bench at the weekend, was also out of form. Captain Coles nowhere near up to speed. Nadia Chastis scored two goals at St Johnson, but again back on Saturday, just isn't doing it. So I mean, I'm, I'm assuming even if Griffiths is 50% fit, he'll be playing. But Scott Brown's going to be out. Charlie Mulgrew's going to be out. So he really needs somebody in the middle of the park where it's beat on Callum McGregor, Stephanie Hansen to really stand up and be counted. Aberdeen though it's all looking good for them again you, you touched on that dreadful run they had through the months of October and November but they're back playing as well if not better than they were at the start of the season when you're looking at a 4-0 win at Kilmarnock yeah I mean it's mystifying when you think back because at the start of the season we're doing so well we're just racking up win after win goal after goal and then it just collapsed so that's what I mean Derek McInnes will be saying what if you know, even even if he managed to convert one of those wins into, one of those defeats into a win what a difference it would make but it's gone they, they now just need to move on and and for me, you know, they're the form team in the country right now. The three Irish lads, McGinn, Rooney, Hayes, all scored again at the weekend. The fourth goal from Shea Logan, an unusual goal scorer, is coming out of contract next yeah. season. Do you see him staying at Pitodry, or is Aberdeen's interest in Ryan McGowan? Is that an, an indication that they yeah. already believe he'll go back down south? I mean, for me, Shea Logan's a very good player, but almost from the minute he signed for Aberdeen, there's been talk of him going back down south. I think his family are down there, his kids are in Manchester. Um, and it's one of the, you know he has been a top player and I think Aberdeen would want to keep him you know about time down a long term contract the fact he isn't to me suggests that he definitely will go will he go in January you never know but Ryan McGowan to me would be a good replacement for him Kilmarnock uh, another four at home they've lost four at home to Dundee four at home to Ross County five at home to Partick Thistle now four at home to the Dons the supporters they're where only 3,900 there including a decent away support from Aberdeen it's problems for Gary Long yeah, big problems, and I, I just wonder, you know, I, th- I think he has to turn it around very, very quickly because I think, you know, as much as we talk about Rangers Hibs and the promotion battle to come up, clubs don't want to get um, dragged down, even into a playoff. Now, Dundee United are maroon just now, but I, I think they've got a bit about them again. You know, I think you know getting that point up in the Highlands, coupled with Kilmarnock's defeat, it, it, you know, it's, it's put pressure on Gary Lockies to go to Hamilton and Boxing Day, which is a tough venue, tough pitch and it won't be easy for him so I think there's major pressure on Gary Wilkanko A lot of the results went against him at the weekend you know Motherwell getting that win Thistle winning Dundee winning Inverness getting a late point against Dundee United suddenly Kilmarnock are four points adrift of the pack in that mm-hmm. relegation playoff place they've played a game more than Motherwell or Cali Thistle or Hamilton or, or, or Party. and the words from Josh McGuinness after the game when he talks about if you know if this continues that they, they can mm-hmm. you know terminate players contracts it just shows the depth of Problems there, yeah. you know, and years gone past, it maybe wouldn't be as big an issue because you think well, Dundee United are just now favourites for the relegation. But that playoff place totally changes the, the dynamic of the bottom six, and that's why Kilmarnock, you know, directors, board members must be looking at it and thinking, what, what is going on here? You know, they had a terrible start to the season. They sort of steadied the ship, picked up a good few results. Josh McGinn's playing really well, 
but now it's going back the way. Nobody wants to be in that playoff spot, you know. Nobody wants the relegation spot, but that playoff spot is treacherous. And you know, I, I, I just wonder how much longer he's got to turn it around because he needs to get some results. And fast. a huge game for him in Boxing Day. I know you're going to David for Sunsport at Hamilton. It's almost like a must-win for Kilmarnock already. I would think so. I mean, I, I do. I mean, that, and that's the thing. You know, we spoke about the, the teams about them. They're picking up results. Motherwell, Partick Thistle, teams like that. They need to start winning games. Otherwise, they will just get cut adrift. Third against fourth at the weekend. I think we'd spoken about it as a potential game of the day. St Johnson v Hearts. It didn't really turn out that way. First half flashpoint with Juan was sent off for a headbutt and David Wellerspoon. Steve McLean missed a penalty late in the game that could have won it for St Johnson and could have taken them above Hearts into third place. It just never really kicked off the game. No, I think I think they kind of cancelled each other out a wee bit. But I do think it will be in hindsight it will be a better result for Hearts and will be for St Johnson. I think if you say to Robin Nielsen when Wanda gets sent off this is how it will finish they're taking it whereas Tommy Wright speaking after the game he just sounded a bit frustrated you know and nothing really came off for him he couldn't get the goal when you miss a penalty your team, you're playing against a team that's down to 10 men for so long it will be for me two points drop for St Johnson as opposed to point game Surely Stephen McLean off the penalties now after <laughs> a miss at Tannadice and now this miss at home to Hearts Yeah I mean I think he's, he's had a great season I think he's, he's a real focal point for St Johnson a very very good player he'll be kicking himself for, for missing the penalty and he'll blown it over the bar and a clean sheet at home. You know they haven't scored in these back-to-back home games against Celtic and Hearts, but defensively they looked a lot more secure. The likes of, the likes of Dave McKay at the back. I noticed in Sunday's paper that the club's official biographer, Alistair Blair, including Dave McKay, his all-time St. Johnston eleven. I know, I know, I saw that. He's. Uh, I think there was a few current players maybe unhappy that they didn't make it, but um, maybe it's entitled to be that way. I mean, I, th- I think Tommy Wright. He almost took it as a personal insult. The goals he lost against Celtic, especially from set pieces. So. Get a clean sheet. I'm sure he'll be happy with that, but I still think he'll, he'll look back and think there's a chance missed. A clean sheet for Partick Thistle as well. 1 0 at home to Ross County with Andrew Davis's own goal. A fourth straight league win in the top flight for the Jags for the first time since Bertie Olders, Gaffer, I think 1977. It says a lot for Alan Archibald, and they're now six points clear of Kelly in that relegation yeah, playoff place. And, and I remember speaking to Alan Archibald a few weeks ago, and he, he said he, he was talking about the, the, the runner games coming up, and it's teams around about them, teams that they would class as their competitors or rivals. And he said we need to try and pick up some results. I don't think he would have envisaged four wins in the trot. As you're saying, you know they're making history, almost forty years since they went on a run like that. And you know I, I do think you should get a lot of credit, Alan Archibald. He's, he's almost kind of the forgotten man of the managers because he, you know he's, he's not very outspoken. And he's just gets on with his job, but he's done a very, very good job there. They don't have a great deal of money, Patrick Thistle, but he's seen some good players. I think they've got a good balance in the team, getting goals, and you know, to beat Ross County, Ross County are a good team, to beat them at home, to get a full straight win, good going. And he's almost built a team in his own image, David. You look at the Sunsport team of the week for, for the weekend's fixers Thomas Cherney in goal, young Liam Lindsay at the back, Sean Welsh in midfield. None of them, you know, big name players, but they've all become. Premiership regulars this season and, and showing they're capable of playing at this I level. I think he's signed Shrewdly. There's a couple of foreigners coming in there, but he's, he's, he's got the nucleus of a, a team that's, you know, Scottish English guys and Thomas Cherney, obviously, from elsewhere, but has been around the game, you know, been in the Premier League for a long, long time at Hamilton and then Hibs. And I just think he's signed well and I think I think there's a good spirit there. I think if you, if you ever go to Thistle, the players, they all seem to be kind of pulling in the same direction. There's no airs and graces, there's no superstars, but, you know, I, I think they're on a run. Because of that, because of the, kind of the nucleus of the team there, and you know, as I said, you know, I think he deserves a lot of credit for the job he's doing. Ross County, there was a, a feeling of injustice there. Two penalty, two good penalty claims turned down to have given them something at, at for her at the weekend. They sit fifth in the table, David, but they're only three points above tenth place Motherwell. I know, I know it's, it's just so tight, and that and, and that's that's why to go back to Kilmarnock, why they maybe be getting a bit, you know, 
nervous because Ross County, yeah, it's tight. They are fifth, and there's, there's not much reason. But he, he transfer Ross County going a wee run at some point, get a couple of wins here, and I think they've got enough quality. Other clubs like Kilmarnock have they got that quality? So you know, Ross County, I would have said stick on to the top six. I think I said that last week, and I still think they will finish in the top six. But I, I just think the league, especially at that bottom end, any team can beat anybody. Hamilton tumbled out of the top six at the weekend with a, a catastrophic four 0 defeat at Dundee. All four goals in the first twenty six minutes. What happened to Hamilton? I don't know. I mean, I, I think defensively they were, you know, as much as Dundee were good, I think defensively Hamilton were all over the place. Again, 4 0, Martin Cannon's probably happy with that after, you know, being 4 0 down after 26 minutes. I think at that, that stage, and I was looking at the goals coming in, I'm thinking, I could end up double figures. I think Dundee were just relentless. But it's a worry, and I think Hamilton sometimes have that in them. You know, I think they're a good team, they're very strong at home, but they sometimes have a wee, a wee collapse in them. You know, make them a go. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Is a very, he's a good goalkeeper, one of the best in the league. But there's times when he is exposed and he's having to kind of pull off saves and keep his team in it. So I think it's a bad day at office for Martin Cannon's side. Um, but they've got a good chance to bounce back against Gomorrah. They've now lost seven goals in the last game and a half. Young Jamie Sendles White was hooked, I think, after 28 minutes at Dens Park at the weekend. Will Martin Canning? Ahead of a huge game against Kilmarnock and Boxing Day, will he be considering putting himself back into the team? I think so, he must be, because I mean, at, at times like this, you need a bit of experience, you need somebody to go in and steady the ship. Martin Cannon, I know he still trains, he still plays development games, so he's kept himself fit. And he always said he would only ever go in an emergency, he'll go in if need be. I think the team could do with him right now. Just to steady the ship over the Christmas New Year period, um, you know, get a couple of points on the board, you know, just about organisation, because. You know, it must be a concern when you're shipping that many goals if you're seeing seven to one and a half games. All credit though to Dundee, they looked as if they were in a little bit of a slump, they would only had one win in the last seven or eight, and suddenly everything just seemed to click the hat trick for Kane Hemmings and another goal for Greg Stewart. This is Hemmings, two centre backs facing him, doesn't need any help, goes alone and makes it four. It's a hat trick for Kane Hemmings. The Yankees defence just cannot handle him. Yeah, I was talking to Paul Hartley last week and he was saying, he, I think he was just frustrated in the sense that he felt like there was a win coming or they were playing well enough to get a win, but it just hadn't arrived and a lot of draws earlier in the season and I think he was he was kind of scratching his head, what can he do? But he doesn't change his approach, you know, he goes for it, he always plays an attacking system and I think they got the rewards at the weekend and I think Dundee, Mark McGee spoke about this recently, Kane Hemmings, Rory Loy, Greg Stewart, do you think it's as good a front three as it is in the league? I, I, I kind of agree with him. I think, I think on that day they're very, very powerful. The downside for Paul Hartley wrote another injury to Kevin Thompson and an injury as well to Gary Irvin, who's just got back into the team in the last yeah, couple two, of weeks. two of his more experienced guys. and Kevin Thompson especially. I mean, Kevin Thompson, he's just been hampered by injury for so long over the last 
it seems like forever since he signed for Rangers even even before that with Hibs he was, he was, he was prone to some injuries but he's such an important figure I think he's a very good player I think he's key to the way Dundee play because they're so attacking that he, he just can almost mind the shop and, and stays, stays a bit deeper so I think they will miss him Gary Ardern as well but you know on the, on the balance of the day I think Paul Hart will be happy I tipped Dundee at the start of the season for a top four finish just basically based on the, on the squad the strength of the squad that Paul Hartley put together if they win in Dingwall and Boxing Day they go fifth is, is, is that fair? Is that where they should be finishing, do you think? I would think so. I mean, I think they've got good enough players. He's signed a lot of players. Paul Hart has been a huge turnover and he's signed some quality players. And I think attacking-wise, you know, there's no no doubt in my mind they're good enough to go and finish in the top six. They've not had that knack of turning draws into wins so far this season. They managed it at the weekend. And on their day, I think they're, they're more than good enough. Consistency would be the only, the only worry. A big win in one side of Tannery Street, along the other, a, a point, a point closer to Kilmarnock directly above them. But Dundee United will feel disappointed having twice led in Inverness and twice being pegged back. Yeah, and, and that's I mean, again before the game, if you say to Mick, listen, you've got a point up in Inverness, hard place to go, you're taking it." But I think there will be a frustration. He spoke to himself, you know, have to learn to see out games, you have to try and be a bit stronger. And I think that's what he's looking for. I, I do think he's made a difference. I think I think you can you can sense a difference and a, a bit more of a an attitude about Dundee United. You know, I think there's a bit more steel there, but it's still a work in progress. You know, they're, they're bottom of the league for a reason, and I still think he'll go into the January transfer market and, and, and sign a couple of players. He's related to signing I.G. Kawashima, if that's the correct pronunciation, David. He's not here yet. Michael Shromnick's still in goal. It was a bad mistake yeah. for, for Lewis Horner's equaliser at the death. Yeah, and. I think Mixer Patlane didn't spare him after the game as well. You know, he, you know, there was no soft soap in that one. He was, he wasn't happy. And I think, see, don't sign a guy with that experience without planning to put him in the team. So I think he'll be the number one as soon as, as soon as he gets in. He signed Florian Cinema Pongol, unfortunately out, out for a month injured. The likes of Guy Demel's come into the club as well. Do you expect more experienced figures to come in in January again? Yeah, because I, th- I think Mixer will have a long term plan, but the short term is what it's all about just now. You know, would they take a playoff place right now? Maybe. He has to go and get some experience, get some get some more quality in attack as well. Because Billy McKay, can you rely on Billy McKay every week to get your goals? You know, he needs a hand. In terms of Inverness, Yogi Hughes is desperate to keep Miles Story uh, beyond the January window, extend a loan from Swindon Town. The way results went at the weekend, you know, he'd probably be happy to get that late point, but they're still they're still in there now, <laughs> close to that relegation playoff place. Yeah, I think Story's a big reason for you know the fact that they've, they've managed to stay. Ahead of the pack a wee bit, but um, you know Inverness. It was never ever going to be the same season as last year. They lost too many players, too many good players. I think John Hughes again. He'll probably try and make the point. You know, he's, he's, he can, he doesn't mind putting the old five subs on the bench, opposed to seven, just to, just to let let these board know that he's not got much to work with. I think again, like data, I think he'll need to add a couple just to make sure. You know, they'll want a top six finish at least. I would think Inverness, but I think they do lack a wee bit just now. Looking at the championship, I mean the football weekend started at the Falkirk Stadium Saturday lunchtime. A good win for Falkirk. Rangers now in a run, David, of two wins, two draws, two defeats in the last six league games. Mm-hmm. It's anything but championship form. It's not. I think Mark Warburton was a bit annoyed by kind of criticism of focus, but you know, it's still saying we're top of the league. This and that. You know, it's not. It's not. It's not a drama. It's not a crisis. But there's no doubt Rangers. You know, they've, I think teams have worked them out. I think that's basically it. I think. I think teams know how they play now. Again, I think we spoke about it last week. They need more up front. Martin Wycon, he scored 20 goals, but for me, he's not an out-and-out striker. He's probably better coming off the right-hand side. Kenny Miller getting on a bit. I, th- I just think they need more up front. You know, you look at Hibs. Hibs have got a lot of options in attack. You know, if it's not 
Annie or Malonga, Keating's coming. You know they've got, they've got all these different players. I think Rangers just need more options. And you know, and, and again, Matt Warburton gets a bit annoyed when people talk about Plan B and everything. But I do think there's a, there's times, especially over these winter months, where they will need to dig out results. And I just wonder if he needs something, something a bit more physical presence up front. Rangers had a chance at redemption with that late, late penalty from Martin Waghorn. A fantastic save from Danny Rogers. He's in on loan from Aberdeen, having been on loan at Dumbarton last season. Is he the man that Derek McInnes will see as, as Aberdeen's long-term goalkeeper? Well, on the basis of the last 15 minutes, yes, because that's as good a kind of spell of goalkeeping I think I've seen in a long, long time. I mean, he was almost unbeatable. Rangers, credit to him, they kept going and, and created chances, and he was making saves. Apparently, save for me, it's a, you know, the strikers who score a penalty, you know, the keepers don't always get a lot of credit. But what a save it is, you know. Actually, Mark Marcon actually places it very well, and he's a great hand to it. I was I was really really impressed with him. You know, I th- obviously, I mean, West Fordham who made a, a good few saves as well from Kevin O'Hara, but Dan Rogers on the basis of that, you know, I think he has an, an Islander twenty one international just now. He's got a big future. Turned back by Baird. This is Muirhead setting up Vox. Terrific finish by Will Vox. Falker go ahead again. A wonderful celebration. Excellent finish. The winning goal from Will Vox. Uh, another fantastic celebration. I know you used to somersault like that when you scored in your, in your day, David. It's, is he a lad with a move in him as well, do you Yeah, think? I think so. We've talked about that earlier on, actually. I think he's... Every time I see him, I'm, I'm impressed with him. You know, I watched a bit of Falkirk towards the end of last season, the cup final and stuff like that. I just think he's a good player, you know. I think he's a good type as well, good attitude. He's had to work for it, you know. He, you know, he got released by Tranmere, came up and played for Falkirk for nothing for a while. But to me, he's now one of the best kind of central midfielders in, in the league. You know, he can do a bit of everything. You know, he's, he, kind of, he gets stuck in, he's got a bit of dig, he can score a goal, great celebrations as well, but... For me, I, you know, I'd be surprised if another Scottish club doesn't try to snap him up. A Falkirk flown under the radar a little bit. I mean, in the burning issue in our paper today is you know, whether or not they can gatecrash this, this title fight, if you like. They are only six points behind. If there's a share of the spoils at Ibrox between Rangers and Hibs next Monday and Falkirk win, I think they play the Tuesday, it could suddenly be even closer. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to win the league, but there's no doubt, I mean, they'll, they'll finish in the playoff spots at least. And, um, you know, it's like Queen of the South last year. I mean, people for a long while it's just Queen of the South, but Queen of the South were a match for Hibs and Rangers and Hearts last year. You know, gave them really, really tough games. You know, I think Falkirk, but this way, whoever finishes second in that league, having to play against Falkirk, um, or, or even if it's third, the team that has to play against Falkirk won't fancy it. You know, they're a, they're a very good team. They've got a lot of experience. People talk about the kind of Falkirk Academy and, and how many players it produces, and it does. You've know, got guys like Sibold and um, Blair Alston and Kevin O'Hara coming through a game, but you've got David McCracken, Mark Kerr. These are guys that have played SPL football for, you know, probably got a couple of hundred games under their belt at least. So, we've got a good goalkeeper, we've got a good manager as well, knows what he's doing. So, I do, I do think, I think Falkirk, you know, I don't think anybody should dismiss him. You know, they beat Rangers, they were unlucky against the Ibrox earlier in the season. They beat Rangers deservedly, probably, um, at the weekend. So, I don't think anybody can write them off. I was at Easter Road on Saturday, 93 minutes of not quite tedium, but certainly not, not thrilling football, and then an unbelievable finish. Dominic Malonga scoring the winner for Hibs in very controversial circumstances. I mean, I've watched the replay a few times and I still don't understand what the referee's doing. You know, I don't. It's, if it's a drop ball and, and Queen of South just say to Hibs, you can take it, you still, you should, you know, you don't just roll the ball to the Hibs player and let Hibs go up the park. You know, and Matt Miller was a Queen of South player and I know for a fact that he would have been saying, right, if, you, if you're going to have it, you need to take it back to your goalkeeper. That's just that's the kind of common practice of football. Whether it's right or wrong, I don't know, but I can understand why Queen of the South were so annoyed. Because <laughs> if he just rolls the ball to Hibs player in the next minute, the ball's in, you know, it's got a long way to travel, but still scores. But credit to Hibs, that's two weeks in a row. They've come back and um, 
scored late goals, you know, to get a draw against Falkirk and then to get a win over Queen of the South. And that's something that's been kind of, it's an accusation that's been levelled at Hibs over the last few years. They're not strong enough, they always do a Hibs, they bottle it, but they're showing they've got a stomach for this type of thing. They've had a good week in terms of decisions, you know, when you think of John McGinn having mm-hmm. his red card overturned to free him for the Queen of the South and Rangers games, the Brian Colvin incident with the, with the drop ball leading to, to, to Malonga's goal. If these things even themselves out, surely Alan Stubbs is worried about getting a dodgy penalty at Ibrox. I know, well, you would think so because, I mean, the, the John McGinn one especially, I mean, Nobody's seen him enter, it, but it's a red card. It's a red card every day. He's over the ball. He catches Mark Kerr. And, you know, to me, the referee will be looking at it and saying, well, you know, that's completely undermined me. How is that possibly getting overruled? I think they got off the one there. I think they definitely got off the one on Saturday in terms of the, the way the referee um, handled the drop ball. And, and yeah, listen, these things, the managers do say they themselves out, but I mean, it's, it's shaping up to be a great, great game at Ibrox. You touched on the earlier on in the forward options they've got. It was noticeable on Saturday. Started with Boyle, Keatings, and Cummings when it wasn't working. The three of them all came off. Anier went on, Farouz went on, and Malonga went on to score the goal. That's what I'm saying. He's got options. I mean, he's got these guys, and they've all got different strengths. And I still think Hibs will go. I mean, we made the story on Saturday about looking at Stokes and Scotland. I, th- I still think Hibs will go again and strengthen. I, you know, I, th- I think they realise or they feel now's the time. If they're going to strengthen, they're going to have a real go at this title. Um, they need to do it now. You know they've got they've got good options at the back. You know they're solid in midfield. A lot of options there. But see if they get one more striker, you know I think Hibs will be really really hard to stop. A quick word, David, for a pal of mine, Alec Ray, back in football management, took the St Mirren job on Friday, led them to a rare victory in the Championship, two 0 at Alloa at the weekend, and now they've got the other team in the bottom three, Livingston, mm-hmm. at the Paisley 2021 Stadium in Boxing Day. It, it, it already looks as if he's making the place a little bit brighter. Yeah, I don't think he'll mess about. You know I think Alec Ray is. You know, maybe unfair to say he's old school, but I don't. I think he'll get them fit. I think he'll get them well organised, and I think he'll get a response. You know, again, great contacts. You know, both north and south of the border. I imagine there'll be a few players coming in in January too. I think Alec will be taking it one game at a time. I would imagine he's probably thinking top four. Can he get into a playoff spot? Never know. I'm fortunate enough to be covering the game St Mirren Livingston in Boxing Day. He's already had the text message. Get the good biscuits looked out if you're listening to this, Alec. All the best. <laughs> 